Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I'm Catherine Tereski and you are listening to And That's My Two Cents Podcast. This is the Everyday Happiness series of episodes and we are on part four, which is the first part of the next three episodes that are focused on the body. So this particular episode is going to be on detoxing your life. The last three episodes were focused on the mind. So these next three episodes are gonna be focused on the body. And then the last three are gonna be focused on the spirit. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, two, and three, may I suggest you go back and do so and do me a favor when you do that and download them. Then if you do, you will get the full effect of these series of the mind, body, and spirit. I mean, who couldn't use some information or learn about that, right? I'd say everyone can for sure. This is all relatable stuff. Again, there are more articles in the Everyday Happiness magazine that I'm getting these articles out of. So definitely go and check it out. I'll have the information in the show notes for you on the magazine so you can actually go out and get it or find it digitally if it's available that way. I'm pretty sure everything is available online these days. But anyhow, if you are interested in checking out the other articles, then definitely do that. All of this stuff I feel is... uh, helpful in this magazine. Okay, well, today we are diving into the body and the article I'm going to read, like I said, is called Detox Your Life. I'm a fan of this for sure. I did touch on this in various previous episodes as well and the importance of it. So this article breaks down the detoxing into the following cleanses. The first one is the digital cleanse. And I've definitely touched on this in my declutter episode. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already, because decluttering your life definitely includes your digital clutter. The second one is the cutting out sugar cleanse. And wow, here's another topic that I've actually touched on in my New Year's resolution episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one as well. I mean, why not plug all my previous episodes in this episode, right? They're all kind of connected. Okay, so the next cleanse is called the breaking up with a frenemy cleanse. And this one was new for me. So I was uh, very interested when I read this one. And I'm very um, interested in reading it again. Because of course, I read a lot. And so sometimes I don't really retain everything. So I'm really anxious to read that again. The next cleanse they call the beauty and home product cleanse, another one that I hadn't heard of before. And it's actually quite interesting. So yeah, totally down to hear about this again about how to to uh, do the beauty and home product cleanse. And the very last one is called the Jettison Unproductive Habits Cleanse. That's a mouthful and never have I ever heard of that term jettison before until this magazine. So new word for me into my vocabulary. And for those of you who are like me and don't know what jettison means, it means to drop or throw away, get rid of that sort of thing. And if everyone else on the planet knew that word already and I'm the only one that didn't, well then I guess um, well, actually, I don't even know what to say. Just that I'm being brutally honest here. And I did not know what that word was, had never heard of it. And uh, hey, at least that I can recall anyways. All right. So those are the areas that we're going to cover here in this episode and learn about today. I'm just going to get right to it and get the show on the road. So number one is the digital cleanse. Oh, and again, I should reiterate in case you're a new listener on this episode and you haven't listened to the past ones, I don't throw in a lot of my two cents in these episodes because I really don't want to influence how you take these articles or how you take that information. So I'm really just going to read it to you and then, you know, kind of let you decide. All right, back to it, the digital cleanse. Even before the pandemic caused a major uptick in technology use, 
All that online time was contributing to health issues, and it wasn't just from sitting too much. A March 2018 study in the American Journal of Health Behavior found that using social media for hours per day was associated with a significant risk of depression and anxiety. As people shifted to working and schooling from home in early 2020, other research shows tech use in general contributed to feelings of burnout and being overwhelmed. That's all led to phrases like digital rehab or digital detox. But you don't need to go cold turkey to get some relief, according to Menlo Park, California-based Alex Sujung Kim Pang, author of The Distraction Addiction, Getting the Information You Need and the Communication You Want Without Enraging Your Family, Annoying Your Colleagues, and Destroying Your Soul. Okay, I do have to cut in here because that is a long title for uh, that book, but anyhow back to it. Quote, it's always good to take a step back and be mindful of the ways that technology is affecting you. Unquote, he says. Quote, is looking at social media making you feel connected or bad about yourself? Technology itself isn't the problem. It's your reaction to it that might be. Unquote. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like technology has something to do with it and it is a bit of the problem. But again, I'm no expert, so let's just go back to reading what um, the experts have to say about this. As you would with any behavioral change, think about why you want to make it, Pang suggests. For example, you might want to cut down on tech use because scrolling on Instagram or Twitter before bed makes it hard to fall asleep. Once you figure that out, try these next steps. First step is to set a timer for each task so you're not constantly scrolling and clicking. Say 10 minutes to research Croatia vacation home exchanges. Second, schedule non-tech breaks and get in some movement and fresh air. Third, notice when you're doing a digital drift, like hopping from one news story to another or looking up facts you don't really care about. When that happens, stand up and walk around for two or three minutes or do a household task, since that often breaks the cycle. And the last one is set specific boundaries, like no tech use on Sundays, or putting down devices an hour before bed. Quote, we're all spending more time online, so it's natural for it to feel sticky, which means you check your email or social media and you get caught up in it for much longer than you intended. Unquote, says Peng. Quote, you don't need to cut it out completely. Just build more controls into the process and use tech in a way that feels beneficial, unquote. Now, I think I'm guilty just as everyone else is about getting sucked down that rabbit hole. And I think that's kind of what he was referring to there. For me, I get sucked down the rabbit hole in Pinterest. I don't do a whole lot of other social media stuff. um, But man, can I get sidetracked when I'm scrolling through Pinterest, just looking at various outfits and recipes. Oh my gosh, I just get sucked down that hole of recipes because you look up one thing and then you just find a thousand other things that look so delicious and so awesome and they make it look so easy and you just want to try them. So I have a thousand things pinned on my recipe pin board, but Pinterest board, I should say. Anyhow, on to the next one. So the next cleanse is the cutting out sugar cleanse. Even if you don't revamp your diet completely, one aspect worth rethinking is sugar. That's because research suggests too much of the sweet stuff can have a sour effect on your health. In a 2014 study in JAMA Internal Medicine, people who consumed more sugar, about 20% of their calories, had a higher risk of dying from cardiovascular disease than those who had lower sugar consumption, around 8% of their calories. 
Researchers su suggest the connection comes from the way added sugar creates more inflammation in the body. The American Heart Association reports that there's a strong relationship between heart issues and inflammation. And we know there's a connection between diabetes, cancer, autoimmune issues, dementia, and inflammation. Although it might be tempting to quit sugar altogether, this can often result in more cravings, says Michelle Ruthenstein, RD, owner of the New York City-based nutritional counseling practice, Entirely Nourished. It can also drive you toward other comfort foods that might be high in unhealthy fats and salt. If you're looking for a better sugar detox, she suggests these steps instead. First step is start with awareness of what you're eating. Before changing anything, keep a food journal for a few days to a week and write down everything you eat and drink. Avoid the temptation for one last binge since you want to get a realistic view of what you actually consume. Taking a white knuckle approach won't work because it will make you feel deprived, Ruthenstein says. Instead, see your detox as a chance to learn more about yourself and your habits. Be curious and open-minded instead of down on yourself for how much sugar you've had in the past. Third one is find replacements for your sweet tooth moments. From the food journal, you can see when you eat sugar the most, like mid-afternoon or after dinner. Be ready with options like fresh fruit or even dark chocolate, but look for a cocoa percentage of 70% or more. And lastly, add more healthy fat to meals. People often turn to sugar because they feel tired or depleted. Eating healthy fats like olive oil or avocados can help tame blood sugar fluctuations that cause fatigue, so your energy stays consistent. As you go through your detox, Ruth and Stein advises jotting down any changes you notice, even subtle ones. Maybe you feel more alert at the end of the workday or have fewer breakouts. Seeing your wins can actually help keep you on track. The next cleanse is called the breaking up with a frenemy cleanse. One potential benefit of the social isolation we've all experienced is that for many people, it provided a chance to re-examine their relationships and who they did and didn't miss hanging out with. Quote, being close friends once doesn't mean a friendship will last forever, unquote, says Joshua Coleman, PhD, a San Francisco-based psychologist. Quote, people and situations change, unquote. How to tell? He says if you felt relief from getting a break, that's a major sign you may need to take a step back, perhaps permanently. Relationships should make you feel supported, he adds, not more stressed or obligated. To embark on a frenemy detox, start with setting up new parameters, Coleman suggests. That might be as simple as telling your friend that you can't get together right now because you need some time on your own. Say no to invitations, but don't lie about having other obligations because then you might feel guilty, he says. If you want to have the talk about what's not working in the relationship because you think it can be salvaged, set a time for that in a neutral location, like a coffee shop, but get some distance and perspective first for at least a few weeks. Of course, not everyone in your life can be given the heave-ho. There are likely still close friends, co-workers, and especially family members who can't be cut out of your life without burning major bridges. But there are still ways to make them part of your relationship detox, says Baltimore-based professional life coach Carrie Mead, CPC. Try setting rules like no drop-ins with family and in-laws so you can prep for visits and put a time frame on your interactions so they have an end point. Also, when you're feeling especially crusty, go outside. Being out in nature is the ultimate reset and it's helpful when you're dealing with toxic people because you're replacing uncomfortable time with an activity that makes you feel more refreshed and recharged, she says. On this page, it also says here that when you dread hanging out with someone or leave an interaction with a pit in your stomach, those are 
other signs you need a friend detox. Next one is the beauty and home product cleanse. Detoxing your beauty and home cleaning routine is about getting rid of actual toxins. According to the Environmental Working Group, EWG, a nonprofit advocacy organization, cosmetics and personal care products are subject to less government oversight than food products. One report notes that nearly 600 cosmetic manufacturers have reported using 88 chemicals that have been linked to reproductive harm or birth defects, as well as several types of cancer. High on the radar, chemicals called phthalates, I sure hope I pronounced that right, and parabens, which are found in many beauty products, have been shown to disrupt the endocrine system, negatively affecting hormone signaling in your body. These compounds are so prevalent that studies of urine samples throughout the U.S. have found nearly all of them contain parabens, regardless of location. The first thing you can do is start checking your labels for these potential toxins. First one is fragrance. Many products have a mild, pleasant scent from the ingredients themselves, such as lavender or lemon, but artificial fragrance often contains toxic chemicals, some of which have been linked with cancer. They can irritate skin and cause breathing problems and nervous system damage, says San Francisco-based dermatologist Lily Adelzada, MD. According to the EWG, more than 75% of products that list fragrance on the label contain phthalates. Other chemicals used for fragrance include benzene derivatives and aldehydes, such as formaldehyde. Quote, I understand that fragrance smells nice in skincare products, unquote, she says. Quote, however, I think it's a good idea to stay away from any products with artificial fragrance because they are the prime culprit if you're having a bad reaction such as rashes, dry skin, and headaches, unquote. Keep in mind that fragrance isn't just an issue with skincare-specific products. It's also added to laundry detergents and dryer sheets shampoo, conditioner, perfume, air freshener, home cleaning products, and even scented trash bags. In general, Adelzidi suggests choosing unscented products when possible. The EWG provides guides to self-care products, cosmetic, and cleaning products on its site at ewg.org consumer guides. Another ingredient to look for is sulfates. Two ingredients commonly found in a variety of cleaning products are ammonium lauryl sulfate and sodium lauryl sulfate. They're added to create lather and enhance the cleaning power. While they aren't necessarily bad on their own, Adelzade says, using these products more than a few times a week can cause skin irritation. It can be even more pronounced if you're using a cleaner with a strong fragrance as well. If you already have products with these ingredients in your home, you may want to use gloves when cleaning to minimize skin exposure and then replace them with sulfate-free products the next time. And lastly, alcohol. Some beauty products contain alcohols that are considered nourishing for your skin. You might find them in toners and creams, says Austin, Texas-based dermatologist Adam Mamalak, MD. On the ingredient label, you'll see words like cetyl, sterile, cedaril, and propylene. What's less helpful? Ethanol, SD alcohol 40, denatured alcohol, and isopropyl alcohol. Sometimes these can feel refreshing or cleansing in a skincare product when you first use them, but over time they start to dry your skin and that causes irritation, he says. Even worse, dry skin is more prone to injury with the slightest trauma like scratching. Focus on switching to products that don't contain drying ingredients like these and your skin will feel more resilient and hydrated. 
And we are on to the last cleanse, which is the Jettison Unproductive Habits Cleanse. Whether it's biting your nails, binging on mediocre shows, skipping the workout you promised yourself you'd do, turning to fast food because you didn't cook again, or answering emails at midnight, bad habits abound. These aren't addictions such as drinking and smoking, but they do make you feel powerless because while you want to stop, it's a struggle. Like tech usage. The reason to change them depends on how they make you feel. If you're disappointed in yourself whenever they come up, that means you probably need a habit detox. First, here's why they happen. Any repeated behavior creates habit loops, according to Oakland, California-based Loretta Graziano Bruning, PhD, author of Habits of a Happy Brain. For example, you likely follow the same sequence when making your morning coffee, putting on your clothes, or brushing your teeth. These loops aren't negative, Bruning says. They're just a handy way the brain automates actions for more efficiency so you don't expend too much energy on them. To break patterns you don't like, simply interrupting the loop isn't enough and can backfire, Bruning says. If you want to stop biting your nails, berating yourself just makes you feel bad and you'll likely go back to the habit when you're distracted. The trick is to replace them, Bruning suggests. Quote, if you want to create a new and beneficial habit, create new loops with simple actions, unquote, she says. Instead of settling in for a streaming binge, go for a walk after dinner or do your nails on Sunday night so you're less likely to bite them. Quote, your bad habits have a kind of simplicity and effortlessness to them, unquote, says Bruning. To break them, you need good habits that are equally simple and painless. Even if you don't change all your less than ideal habits, creating more awareness Awareness of these patterns is helpful, she adds. Being more conscious of what you're doing can help you feel more in control. And now, in my opinion, binge watching something every once in a while is definitely not a problem. I wouldn't be giving up binge watching certain things. I don't do it that often, though, so it's definitely not a habit that would need a cleanse. But I guess from what I hear from other people, maybe it is. So, hey, that's the Jettison Unproductive Habits Cleanse. Total new one for me. And well, hey, that's a wrap for this part of the body in my Everyday Happiness series. So I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope there was maybe a couple things that were new to you, just like they were for me. And now remember, this is not medical advice. So if anything I've mentioned here or touched on here, specifically like the cutting out sugar, it is not medical advice. So please remember to ask your doctor before doing anything that may significantly change your diet or eating habits, or even before starting any kind of exercise routines, etc., etc. You know the drill. Anything that is specific to your body mentioned here, or even not mentioned here, um, you know, what I'm trying to say is check with your doctor or healthcare professional. Now your reminders again is to download this episode, share it, and hey, why not follow me on Instagram at and that's my two cents. So until next time, why not try out some or maybe just one or even all of them if you're super ambitious, um, all of those cleanses and see if it makes a difference at all in your life. And speaking of next time, make sure to join me for the next part focused on the body because it will be on the 13 ways you can get energized naturally. So mark your calendars. Bye.